Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Tailgate Kings. I'm Dr. Die here with Casey Jones and Jason, the arbiter of reason, Reynolds. Always bringing the good stuff, guys. All right, dude, we got all this still. The, M- the NFL refuses to, to kind of cede the, the media ball to the NBA guys. Uh, it, it, it's NFL, it's quarterback craziness. And finally, after what, three years of drama, Dak is signed. Does it matter, though, at this point, guys? I mean, look, he's hurt. The, the Cowboys weren't that good with him. I mean, and now they've got five players like that are in the top five paid in their positions. I mean, how much does this matter? Is it Super Bowl or bust? I mean, you know, where, where are you going with this, Casey? I mean, are, are, you're not a Cowboys fan. I know that, but they're in your division, you know, so and they weren't that good last season. Your Packers still going to dominate next year, right? Well, they're in my they're in my uh, conference, but not my division. Uh, but I do th- yeah, I do funny. think, yeah, yeah. I think I'm just picking on you. I think this signing is great uh, for the rest of the division because now you're having to pay Dak Prescott so much money. Um, and, and look, you have a team that's a not completely healthy, um, has struggled with these injuries, but b just like you mentioned, you have a lot of players who are making a lot of money. There's a lot of money spread out between a very small amount of players. And um, I think that's going to hinder you. And we're starting to see what, you know, I, th- I think we'll talk about it a little bit later, but what the Chiefs are kind of doing with uh, what we can only assume is saving salary cap or making some kind of leeway for Pat Mahomes' huge contract. Um, I, I just, I've never understood how people and players don't look at Brady. I, I Don't get me wrong. I think, I think players should get their money. The average... Um, career span of an NFL player is minuscule. Um, I, I, I just, I just don't understand how quarterbacks who really want to win don't look at the Brady method, if you want to call it that and take less money in order to put the pieces that you need around you uh, get yourself a great offensive line. If you can't get those great weapons on the offensive side of the ball, get yourself a great defense and um, 40 million a year doesn't give you a lot of room whenever there's already so much money spread out amongst a lot of players. Uh, congrats to Dak for getting paid after years of trying and, you know, negotiating. And uh, I hope he comes back healthy and I hope he earns that 40 million. Cause I don't think he's done it up to this point. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And you're right. These quarterbacks taking these huge salaries. I mean, I don't know if that's more an indictment of the NFL cause they have the salary cap. You know, you look at like baseball and these huge contracts, there's no salary cap, you know, but at the same time, there's no salary minimum. And uh, that's why Jay's pirates always get a, Get, 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 the, get the raw end of the deal, it seems. So, Jay, what do you think, man? Is it Super Bowl or bust for the Cowboys with all this money being spent, especially this year? Or, 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 or what are they doing, man? I mean, this, this, is, is this a good deal for the Cowboys? Well, you know, I think, I think this it's a, is it indicative of a bigger trend within the NFL. If we look at the history of football, many people often consider 1983 to be the best quarterback draft ever, right? Elway, Kelly, uh, uh, Marino, right? All these, these Hall of Fame quarterbacks. I think we'll look back at 2016 as the most overpaid draft class ever. Uh, Goff, <laughs> Wentz, Dak. Two teams have traded away quarterbacks that they signed to outrageous deals from that draft. Goff, you know, the, <laughs> the Rams were like, oh my God, why did we do that? Let's get rid of him, right? The Eagles like, oh, why did we do that with Wentz? Let's get rid of him. And now the Cowboys are going to go ahead and give one of, one of that draft class, uh, uh, one of their gr- draft class a fellow alums, a $4 a year contract. Ooh, you would think you'd look around and see what has happened with other people for his draft cast and how that has not worked out, how it's, 
it's really to hurt teams to a certain extent. And I, I agree with Casey 100%. This limits what you can pay other players. Um, I, contracts aren't always zero-sum games, right? A zero-sum game is, is a game in which somebody must win and somebody must lose. There can be contract negotiations where you have two winners, right? And I think the Brady method, as Casey called it, is a perfect example of that, where Tom Brady just today restructured his contract in Tampa Bay. I doubt he'll actually play four years, but he's spreading money over that four years so he can have better receivers, so he can have better tight ends, so he can have an offensive line that protects him. And he knows it's better for him to make $25 million and win a Super Bowl than to make $40 million and be an 8-8 eight and eight player. I don't see the Cowboys doing what happened with Dak's uh, draft mates. I don't see them getting rid of him the way they got – well, Goff got, was, was, was cast aside and Wentz was cast aside to save money. I see them keeping him. I see them making the playoffs. I mean, look, you only need to be eight and eight to win that division. <laughs> like, it is not a stretch to say this is a playoff team with Dak um, because they are in the NFC East and it is so bad. I mean, the Cow- uh, not the Cowboys, the, the, the Washington football team made the playoffs last year with a losing record. So I think the Cowboys can easily win this division and get knocked out in the wild card round every year of his contract. And that's kind of what I foresee happening here. I mean, is this, is this really more Jerry Jones being Jerry Jones as well? Like, he just has to be, you know, the guy who's paying the most money. I mean, if, I feel that's what the Cowboys have kind of become in some ways, you know? Like, how we talk about your, your Pirates, you know, bringing Pittsburgh back into it, but your Pirates always being the team that, yeah, they got good players, and then they just give them away. They like, you know, they like lowballing it. Jerry seems to be the opposite. He loves paying guys. Like, go back to, to Deion Sanders. You remember the Deion Sanders deal? Right. I mean, he loves being the guy who just – throwing the money at people, you know, and it never buys championships. It's like, it's like Jimmy Johnson built that first team with him. And then after that, Jerry was like, Woo, I got money and the Cowboys have a huge stadium. It just, it feels like it's all about the money to me. Well, winning, you know, that you don't need to win to make money. And if you find a, a kind of happy place where you can make revenue and always be in the playoffs, you know, you ask your average business owner, would they rather be in the playoffs every year squeaking in and there's always that hope of a Super Bowl or win one Super Bowl and then be down for a decade. Well, they'll take the playoffs and no Super Bowls every year. And and it feels that's kind of like what Jerry Jones is trying to get at here. Oh man. Never. What though you you guys mentioned making money. And I mean, obviously the Cowboys like making money. Jerry Jones likes making money. Now that this contract is finalized. um, I I wouldn't be surprised if uh, we see, and I mean, obviously it's a given, whenever uh, a huge player re-signs with a team or whatever, the fan base is going to buy out his jersey like crazy. Uh, his jersey is probably going to be top five going into this uh, next season. No uh, doubt about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, the Cowboys fans are, you know, I, I, because you can always want a specific player at a specific position for your team. But once your team finally commits to that uh, player, no matter who it is, diehard fans for the most part – at least try to typically get behind that player. And Dak Prescott's going to sell jerseys. He's going to make a lot of money for the team. And if that means they're squeaking into the playoffs, if I'm Jerry Jones, then so be it. You know, like he's making his money and that's his priority. That's his prerogative. Um, And in terms of you guys mentioned the Washington football team, this Washington football team reminds me a lot of that San Francisco, or they have the potential. They remind me of a team that has the potential to mirror the uh, 49ers team of recent memory that had that fantastic defense with a decent quarterback, if they can find, if they can figure out at least a decent quarterback, um, 
look, they've got that young stud on the defensive side of the football. I'm not saying that Washington football team is going to be like double digit wins for the next five seasons, but I, I think they're going to be at least pressuring the, you know, the rest of the uh, division in terms of making them actually participate and work harder to actually win the division. I like, I like Washington it. football team going forward. I like it. I like it, man. Hey, I like it, dude. I, I, I'm on the Taylor Heineke train, dude. I'm, I'm, like I said, he's going to be on my bench. He's going to be on my bench in fantasy football next season. So I'm on the Taylor Heineke it's train. Not a bad idea. Nah, and, you, and, you, you know, you want to fire him up early. Don't leave him on the bench. Once there's film on him, he's cooked. He's going to be really <laughs> good the first four or five games, though. Well, maybe, like I said, maybe I pick him up, but then he's on my bench. There you go. All right. There you go. Uh, but, no, Casey, riding off what you were saying about Dak and the, and the jersey, so think about it. He's also, in a sense, pre-made for next year comeback player of the year, right? I mean, if, if everything goes oh, 100%. right. He's pre – so even if Dallas doesn't make the playoffs next year, they're still going to be in the discussion postseason because people are going to be talking about Dak as comeback player of the year. So that's another thing media-wise, man. It's just it, – it's crazy. I didn't even think about something like that until you're talking about the jersey situation. Speaking of Dallas, though, they're officially off the board now for the Russ, Russell Wilson saga. So where does this saga end, guys? Apparently the Bears are trying to move mountains to either get Russ – or to get to Sean Watson, one or the other, you know, is this going to be something we see play out uh, for for another season? Uh, is this going to end by the draft? Because I feel like it has to end by the draft, right? Especially if we're talking to all these first round draft picks that might be going, they're going to want this year's probably. So, what do you think, Jay? What what happens with the Russ saga? When does this end? Uh, it ends in June. It can't end by the draft, and here's why. Right now, Russell Wilson counts. $39 million against the cap, which is only $180 million. The NFL salary cap went down for the first time this century. Right, right. it's gone up. Right, that's crazy. I heard that. Yeah, that's crazy. Right, for the first time it went down. So it's, I don't know the exact number, 182 or 181.9, whatever. It's roughly $180 million. Uh, uh, Russ counts $39 million against that. But if they trade him in June, they can spread that salary cap over two seasons, that salary cap hit. So suddenly, instead of costing them $40 million in, in cap space, they co- it cost them $20 million each year. So you can just expect people on ESPN and Fox Sports and NFL Network to talk about where will Russ go until June because they'd be foolish to trade him before then. Yeah, I, I, all right. So June, June, June's your date. Do you feel like at June, though, Jay, he's going to go somewhere? Or do you feel like he's still going to be a Seahawk? I mean, I feel like that's a lot of time between now and then. You know, there's all sorts of things going to be fixed. People can be made happy between now and June. No, yeah, I mean, I, for all I know, there could be an agreement in principle that nobody's talking about between some team like the Bears and the Seahawks. And they're just like, look, yeah, we'll, we'll give you Russ for a Khalil Mack and a nacho stand, but you got to wait till June 1st, <laughs> right? So um, I, I expect him to move. I don't know to who. I don't know if there's a deal in principle, but I don't expect him to move before June. I would be shocked unless the NFL changes some sort of rule. I don't see him moving before June 1st, but I see him moving within the first seven days of June, certainly. All right, Casey, I'm going to get it right this time. Check it out. Russ moves to the Bears. Now he's in your division. What do you think, man? Do you want to see Russ Russ on the Bears playing your Packers? Well, to answer your first question um, uh, that you asked Jay, on when this is going to end, um, I'll answer it very simply. I think it's already over. I don't think he's going anywhere. I think oh, he stays right. with Seahawk. Um, look, I, I, I don't want to say that there's no way that he can move. Um, but if I'm looking at a team that's like the Texans, uh, the Texans seem that they're not budging on Deshaun Watson. 
Deshaun Watson has repeatedly stated that he wants out. Uh, like, no matter what you put around me, I'm out, I want out of here. No matter what you do, I want out of here. It doesn't matter who you hire. I do not want to be a Texan. And they're like, cool story, bro. You, you still got a contract. You got you to gotta work out. So you're staying. You're here for the long haul, at least for now. Um, if I'm looking at this, And by the way, here, looking, here's Mark Ingram. Here's Mark Ingram. <laughs> yeah, by the way, here's Mark Ingram uh, to back up David Johnson, who is not the same player he was. Um, let's get you two washed running backs and trade away your best receiver. You get to stay. Um, I think if I'm looking at Russell Wilson and I'm looking at the Seattle Seahawks, um, I think that Russell Wilson obviously is frustrated with his position, but I've listened to Russell Wilson interviews. I've listened, uh, I've watched Russell Wilson interviews and uh, I listened to him on the Bill Simmons podcast and he seems to really love Seattle and he really loves that area. And there's even rumors that he's in, invested in getting the supersonics back into Seattle without, without moving another franchise in order to relocate them. Like he's, he's apparently in the works to get that to become an, a reality again, to, to have another basketball team there. And he wants to see the Seattle um, economy and uh, city thrive and their fan base thrive. Um, I think he's just frustrated. And I think if I'm the Seahawks, um, I'm looking at a guy that won a Super Bowl in his first three seasons, uh, went to two in his first three seasons. And he, we haven't been back, not because of his play. Russell Wilson has been a, a perennial all-star or uh, MVP contender uh, every year that he's been in the league, essentially. If I'm looking at it, I, I think that the Seahawks need a little bit of self-reflection and, and really need to look at what we need to put around Russell Wilson in order to, to make him happy and get him to stay. He's a once-in-a-generation type of player, and I don't think you just pass up and trade a guy like that, especially if you're getting Khalil Mack back. I love, I love Khalil Mack. I think his game is, is incredible. But the quarterback position is so hard to fill uh, with talent as special as Russell Wilson's. And if I'm looking at the entire team – I'm looking at what I need to do around him, not not how I need to get rid of him. Well, Casey, do you think it's do you think it's a a, a fight or not a fight, but maybe a a difference between Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson? What each one wants, you know, how Pete Carroll wants to run the offense and what Russell Wilson wants to do. Maybe I mean that could very well be it. You know, uh, it's it's not like uh, Pete Carroll hasn't had issues with his players in the past. Um, I, I mean, he, you know, Richard, Richard Sherman was one that he had a lot of issues with. Right. And um, the, I mean, and you could go on and on and on. He and Marshawn Lynch had their own little issues from time to time. I, Pete Carroll is a very, very, very um, expressive coach, at least when it comes to his players. And I don't know, man, I, I think that if I'm, if I'm the Seahawks, I'm looking at Russell Wilson and I'm saying, okay, look, we understand that you're frustrated. You want to leave. What is it that could make it better for you here? I like their receipt. I like their weapons. Uh, maybe if you could get them a better tight end, their defense is pretty decent. Uh, maybe you could improve in some areas there, but I, I really think that a big part of it is your offensive line and um, really bolstering that offensive line. And maybe now that we're looking at uh, Kansas city, getting some big releases over there, in terms of their offensive line, I mean, I don't, I don't, if I'm the Seahawks, I'm coming to Russell Wilson and say, saying, who of these do you want? Who, who of these do you want us to go after and get at least that's able to, to be snagged with the new salary cap? I think you make him happy, man. Uh, Russell Wilson is special. He's, uh, 
I think the only way you trade is, is if you're getting Deshaun Watson back. If you're able to do a, a straight-up swap pretty much to, to Houston, Deshaun Watson for Russell Wilson, that's the only way I'm getting rid of Russell Wilson. I'm so, not settling. Some three-team trade, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, and the Bears all involved somehow. Now, somehow. One, now, one more question, Casey. When you say you don't think it's going to happen, do you mean at all or you just mean this season? Like, is this going to be on the board next season if he comes back this season? Kind of like in the situation, you know, where we're not sure how Aaron Rodgers feels. Like, yeah, he's going to play like another season for your Packers, but he could just as easily be gone, you know, what, next season technically and not be a huge cap hit and they could start right. up and yada, yada, yada. I think it's a possibility next year. I don't think it happens this season for sure. Uh, part of me wants to say it won't happen at all, but – for this season, for sure, it will not happen. Next season is very much dependent on how it goes this season. If they go 12-4, and four, make it to the NFC Championship game, and lose on a last-second play, I'm Russell Wilson sitting there like, well, you know, I mean, we did what we could. But if we go 9-7 and seven and we lose in the wild card, yeah, I want out. I, I, I want out of here. All right. Um, uh, but I think it's very much dependent on how they perform in the season, um, it, how, how Russell Wilson gets along with the front office, um, if Pete Carroll is there by the end of next season. You know, if we if they lose three in a row and Russell Wilson says, you know, I'm frustrated, it's me or Pete. I mean, Matt, who are you picking, Russell Wilson or Pete Carroll? I think the answer is easy. I mean, it, it, I don't know if it's easy. That's why I'm, I was going to throw that to Jay next. Jay, it, it, is this a Russ versus Pete Carroll sort of thing? Is this an offensive philosophy versus what Russell wants to do on offense? Or, or how do you see it? Well, you know, I, I do see it as an easy, an easy pick. You go with Pete Carroll. Because <laughs> Russ Wilson has an expiration date, your coach doesn't, and you have a coach who's won the most wild card games, and a coach who, you know, his only mistake was having Wilson throw, really, or he'd have two Super Bowl rings, right? I, I think you go with the coach, and <clears throat> maybe, maybe I'm just, maybe this is being a Steelers guy where, like, you know, I'm from a team that's only had three coaches in the last, like, 80 years or some nonsense, right? But you stick with a guy who's a winning coach, you stick with winning GMs. I think the Seahawks are in a great position not being able to move Wilson. Until June, maybe they do what Casey says and he stays there. Maybe, maybe they don't and they do move him in June as soon as they can spread that cap hit over two years instead of one. But they're in a pretty sweet position because their draft strategy is exactly the same no matter what. They need an offensive line, <laughs> right? They need to bolster the defense a little bit. But what they need is an offensive line. You draft that offensive line. Maybe you take a flyer on a mid or late round quarterback. Then you revisit the Russ situation post-draft. But there's no reason to move Russ until at least June. And your draft, your draft plan would be exactly the same whether or not you keep Russ. So this actually, I, I think they're in a surprisingly good place, even being in perhaps the toughest division in football. They're in a surprisingly good place for the draft and, and for if they want to deal Russ. Game plan is the same no matter who the QB is. You know, you're right that, it, that you guys both think offensive line is going to be huge, I guess, for Russ. You know, like he, the offensive line is, is not what they need right now. And now we're seeing that, the Chiefs are releasing, if nothing else, their former first-round draft pick, Eric Fisher, and on, on the offensive line, obviously to save money. But wasn't that part of the problem in the Super Bowl, Jay, that they didn't have an offensive line? Wasn't that what you were telling me the whole time? <laughs> I, I don't I, – yeah. <laughs> I think Casey was mentioning uh, uh, how much money uh, Patty Mahomes is making up there. Right. <laughs> yeah, $15 million a year is a lot of money. You can afford the QB, but can you afford the offensive line? And I tell you what, a lot of people are like, what quarterbacks are in the draft? What quarterbacks are in the draft? Chances are you should be looking at what offensive linemen are in the draft because you have a lot of teams 
with good quarterbacks and no offensive line right now. And that's just the way the salary structure is going. And with what quarterbacks you're making now, you sign a guy like Dak, you sign a guy like Russ, you sign a guy like Mahomes. Now you, now you can't afford veteran linemen. You need to build that line for the draft and you need to let them go to keep paying your rock star quarterback. So I think offensive line is really the place to look in the draft. That's where the more interesting storyline is. I know it's not as sexy, <laughs> right? It doesn't have fun, big numbers by it. But who gets the better centers and the better, the, the better guards is going to be the better team. That, that's the way the NFL is working nowadays. The Steelers are in this boat too. Uh, I, almost every team that has an established quarterback is in this boat where they need new linemen because that's, that's where they're saving money. I, I think the Chiefs are in trouble here. You know, I mean, one of the reasons I picked them early on in the year to not repeat is because it's so hard to repeat a Super Bowl, right? It, it's super, super duper hard to do. And now having to pay him, yeah, they, they are in a bad way. If anybody can draft offensive linemen, it's Andy Reid. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I expect them to be a playoff team again, definitely. But this is a dangerous situation. This is a situation where we could see Patrick Mahomes run for 400 yards backwards throughout the season on multiple occasions of good, against good defenses. So Kansas City, uh, uh, they might find themselves in a much worse situation than anyone thought. I, I mean, want to bring something up yeah. to you guys, Matt. I don't mean to interrupt you. Um, but uh, I I heard this recent um, idea thrown out. I I was on a pod somewhere. I forget where it might've even been on Pat McAfee's show. Um, But don't quote me on that. I I, I heard this idea of creating and I'm not sure exactly how you would do it and the logistics behind it and how easy or difficult it would be. But I heard, I, I heard this idea of creating a separate salary cap. Uh, strictly for quarterbacks, designated for quarterbacks. You have a specific range of, of salary cap that you can use per quarterback, and it allows you to essentially separate that from your actual team salary cap. Now, my question to you guys is, I have two questions, actually. A, is that a good idea? B, how ridiculous is it that we now have to consider separate salary caps because quarterbacks are making so much money? No, I, I, I think it's more that I don't, I don't understand the salary cap situation in the first place, especially as Jay pointed out earlier, this is the first season where they've lowered it, you know, I, it's, it's baffling in, in, in the NFL, which is the biggest sports industry, you know, I don't know if it's bigger than like, you know, soccer in Europe, you know, when it comes to bringing in money, because I know those contracts are ridiculous too but you've got all this money, right? I mean, how are we not able to pay these guys? And you can't be mad at Dak for wanting to make 40 million. You can't because Jerry Jones is making hand over fist, you know, on the Cowboys, whether they're good or bad, you know, and he's not, you know, risking life or limb, you know? So you can't blame Dak for wanting to get his money. I just can't believe that there's a salary cap that's, that's this low when it seems like all these teams are, are pretty much flush with cash. You know, I don't know, Jay, correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, no, you're right. You know, and I watched the Super Bowl with my son, who's 10, and he saw Mahomes running for his life, and he said, Dad, there should be a rule you can't tackle the quarterback. I was like, son, don't worry. They're working on it. It's only a matter of time, right? Like, you, you know we're going to be playing flag football in the next few decades. Yeah, the quarterback idea is a horrible idea, actually. I mean, they could do it, and they may do it, but it's a horrible idea. You know, on this show, what, three, four years ago, before the Rams signed Goff to that stupid contract, I said what I saw the, the Rams doing was genius. They weren't giving Goff a deal, and they were building a great team. And my thought was the Rams could contend for years to come if they just let Goff go when his rookie contract is up and draft another guy. Because what they had done is they built that brilliant defense, and they brought in receivers, and they had a great offensive line, and they'd done all that by not paying Goff 
Well, every other team was paying their quarterback $30, $40 million. The Rams had Goff on his rookie deal, and they built a great team. Didn't win the Super Bowl, but made it to the Super Bowl. Was in contention multiple years. Great strategy. And my thought was, maybe the Rams are geniuses. Maybe they'll just let Goff go, draft another guy, and they have this great team because they've handled the salary cap correctly. Then, of course, they proved me wrong immediately by signing him to a huge deal, (laughs) right, that they've now traded him away to the Lions just to get out of. But I, I don't think you want that, you know, a separate salary cap for QB because then it makes you spend that money on QB. And I think some smart teams at some point are going to figure out quarterback is the most important position. But you can also build a team around a, a slot where a quarterback can win. Look, I don't think Dak can win you a Super Bowl. I think Dak won't lose you a Super Bowl. That's the difference. So I don't see the Cowboys winning a Super Bowl with this contract. Dak's not a transcendent player like Mahomes. He's a great player, but he's not that great. He's not a guy who's going to carry you to a Super Bowl. He's going to got, uh, He's a guy who's not going to screw up. He's not going to fumble too much. He's not going to throw too many picks. He won't lose you the Super Bowl, but he won't win it for you either. Now, I think a smart team right now wants the salary cap the way it is, and they want to get a rookie QB in there and maybe build around them and then debate doing something where you flip quarterbacks instead of flipping the other 21 guys for a, and set, you get what I'm saying? It's easier to switch out quarterbacks than it is to switch out 21 other guys, 21 other starters the whole time. So I would be against that idea. And I'm just waiting for a team to set up what the Rams set up, but stick with it instead of giving in and signing the big contract that dooms them. I'm trying to find what Jared Goff's number was like the final year of his rookie deal. You know, I mean, because I know they get a signing bonus like those first rounders, you know, right. And then, and then they get so much guaranteed and then, you know, the fourth year and then the fifth year option sort of thing. It's like, I probably feel by, you're probably right, Jay, by the time you're, you're in the fourth year of your contract, you're probably making, I would hope, 10 million. I don't know. I guess what I'm trying to find what the number is that, that, that quarterbacks, a first round, especially number one pick, would make well, by their Goff's original signing bonus was was nine million the first year five million the second year but his base salary and what was going against the cap was just a million dollars okay and he signed that enormous deal in his third or fourth year after the super bowl appearance right you don't need to do that you no that's what i'm saying you, yeah you know, just, you know, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, for, for to stay within the salary cap, I totally agree. That's why I don't think there should be a salary cap. You want to pay these guys to make stupid decisions? I mean, that's what baseball does all the time. You know, just just do it and, and, and deal with it. I mean, I don't – and then especially when you look at colleges and college coaches, you know, they get fired. You got so many college coaches or so many colleges paying like four, four football coaches still because they got four guys they, they kept for like two years on like seven-year, $80 million deals or something stupid. It's just, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm all for these guys getting their money, but, man, salary cap needs to move, I think. I think I, I, I don't know. If, I'm with you. I don't think separate quarterback salary cap. I just think the salary cap needs to move. All yeah, these I guys don't probably understand. need more money. I don't understand how um, – I mean, I do understand why, because you, you bring in less revenue, the salary cap drops, blah, 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 blah. You know, at least that's the simple explanation of it. Um, the NBA – their salary dropped, and and I can understand why to an extent. Their TV ratings aren't as high, um, so th- so they don't draw as much revenue in as the NFL would, at least in terms of that simplicity, in terms of just viewership, TV ratings. Even though in twenty in the year twenty twenty one, TV ratings are not really indicative of how popular you are. You know, it, it, me as a wrestling fan, back in the late nineties, they were you know WWF at the time and WCW Monday Nitro was averaging anywhere from 5 million to 9 million people per week watching wrestling. 
Um, and now in the year 2021, they're lucky to average 2 million per week. It, it's just, it's just a change of the times. More people watch stuff online, more people watch highlights, more people watch highlights and uh, YouTube clips and so on and so forth. And it's the, it's, it's figuring out how to monetize that. Um, my thing is, is the NFL for the most part, didn't have full stadiums this, this year, but they did allow fans. Uh, the NBA did not do that last season. The NBA did not allow fans. They did not allow, at least after the uh, lockdown was ended, um, they did not allow fans. And then you have the bubble where your, your playoff games in the NBA are your money makers. That's where you make your money because the big high profile teams, most of the time in the big cities are, you know, hosting these playoff games where if you go to a Lakers game and you sit courtside, you're paying thousands of dollars for this seat. Now, all of a sudden you're missing that revenue, even to down to the minute people who pay 25, 30, $50 for a ticket. You're missing that revenue. Now the NFL allowed fans. And then in, in, you mean $25 for a soda, not a ticket, right? Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah, just an example. Um, I, I have paid $35 for a ticket, and it wasn't too bad, but it was also a Pelicans game against the lowly Sacramento Kings at the time. So, you know, we'll take that with a, with a grain of salt. But my point is, is the NBA, the NBA lost out on a ton of money, so their salary cap dropped, and we understand that. The NFL is the biggest, like you said, Matt, maybe not comparatively to soccer overseas or football to them overseas. But here in the States, nothing beats football. Nothing trumps football. You can argue baseball, you know, in the past, but the NFL and football brings in an incredible amount of revenue every year. And even with this pandemic last year, they managed a full season with almost no hiccups in terms of scheduling. Every game was played. Uh, you can't say the same about the NBA. And if anything, the scheduling works worked out for them. They ended up getting Tuesday night football, Wednesday night football. So now they're dominating exactly. nights they're not usually on. Probably thinking about how they're gonna they're gonna be on Tuesday or Wednesday next year or something. It, I mean, I mean, Matt, it's in the next five years we're gonna have football Sunday through Saturday. That's just that's just how it's gonna be. You're gonna spread these games out to where it's gonna be. Oh, I have to watch Tuesday. You know, my team is playing against this team. And then you have less overlap. You have less overlap in terms of teams playing, so you don't have to miss as many games. Then NFL will probably come out with their own subscription service, similar to what I mean. I know they already do, but even more so of one and jack it up to where you pay a little bit extra and you get you know extra privileges, so on and so forth. Um, so the fact that the salary cap has dropped and um, the owners, for the most part, are still making their billions. Um, and you know, not really hurting as much as these players are. And I given, and I know Jay's opinion. These guys are millionaires, so you know, woe is me for the most part. But um, at the same time, um, it is it is a little um, off-putting to me that the salary cap dropped um, when the owners don't have to worry too much about their own pockets. Well, I'll say this, Casey, as a Packers fan, the salary cap might behoove you as a fan of a small market team that. Uh, it's fans have some ownership in it. You know, if, if you eliminate salary cap, you might find yourself in a place where you can't keep up with the Joneses and you have teams like the Cowboys and the New York Giants and the LA Rams going to the Super Bowl every year and classic teams like your, your Packers and your Steelers uh, and your Browns, just your smaller market teams never being able to make it without that cap. So the, the cap does pay off when it comes to parity in the NFL. We, we can like that or dislike it. You know, we can argue about free market uh, and stuff like that all we want. But at the end of the day, 
as a fan of a small market team and the Steelers, and I know you're a fan of the Packers, who are the ultimate small market team, uh, the cap actually behooves us probably more than anybody else. Oh, yeah, I absolutely agree with you, Jay. I think the salary cap is, is uh, imperative to the, uh, like the, in the integrity of the league, the structure of the league, the structural integrity, if you will, of the league. I think it's very important. Um, I just, I just, I, I wish it wouldn't have dropped, um, considering how how successful uh, the NFL was during this time, where a lot of other leagues weren't able to make it. You know, if there wasn't a salary cap, though, Jerry Jones and Dan Snyder might not be owners anymore. They might have overpaid for too many missed players, and that would have been the it. Saints would still have their punter. <laughs> oh, the Saints right. would still have their punter. You're right. <laughs>